Another night on the couch TV on and face away Another night in the AC Trying to find some room to breathe In the arms of a stranger But it is what it is Hello and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt, and this is episode 56. And joining me today, the usual co-host, Travis. What's going on, buddy? Uh, not a whole lot. Thanks for being here. And Tom, as usual, welcome back. Hello. We're uh, thank you. having a chill cast at Tom's place today. Mm. So, uh, laid back, a couple beers, hanging out in the living room. Late afternoon sun streaming in through the windows. Comfy seats. <laughs> Soon, Tom, you're going to have a cat sunbathing right over here. It's going to be sweet. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. I got a cat, too. Mm-hmm. His name is Morrissey. Mm-hmm. He's a darling. Oh, fun fact. Uh, Haley and I adopted uh, Morrissey, and his name at the shelter was Draco Malfoy of Harry full Potter. Full name? Fame. They went full name on Dra- that? They went full oh, name, oh Draco Malfoy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tom, the cat you were adopting, mm-hmm. is named Hermione. It's Harry Potter fever out there. Yeah. Running rampant. I also plan to rename my cat. What was the name you decided on again? Probably Harriet. Yeah? Yeah. But like I said, I'm open to other possibilities if it doesn't if it doesn't fit, you know. I've thrown out other options such as Butters and Spud. I like Butters. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, Sarah's thoughts on this? Matter? She likes Harriet a lot. Sophisticated. That's a good cat name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard it, you know, in a long time. Yeah, that's kind of an old lady name. Except for Harriet the Spy, like she was, she was the one who made it cool. Exactly, Harriet the Spy was what you know what inspired me. But I haven't met the cat. I don't know if Spy really fits her her persona. Right. So this you is a, a name in the making, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Have there been any like weird name crazes, like pop culture names in the past couple of years? I mean, Game of Thrones was one. People were yes. naming their kids fucking like Khaleesi and yes, uh, <laughs> that was what came to mind for John me. John Snow and shit. A lot of the names that are really popular right now, and I know this because I've been googling them, are like kind of. Old Westy type names. Like Bonnie? Make her come back. Actually, we do have friends with a <laughs> a young niece named Bonnie. Bonnie. Um like I don't know. Actually I'm like Wyatt, that's a really good example. Wyatt's yeah. super popular. Um Noah has been super popular for like six years now. So is Liam ever since taken. <laughs> um Mm, having trouble thinking of some other ones, but I know that Game of Thrones was like a total Big clusterfuck. Big pop culture thing, yeah. Yeah. What about uh, you? Think Buster is going to catch on because the Buster? Oh, Trust? dude! <laughs> mm, if the cat was a boy, I would name it Buster. But that's a, that's a cool. That's I feel like that's a better dog name though. Yeah, that's yeah. what somebody said about Spud too. Oh, that those are actually both the names of dogs from Toy Story. Spud is the name of, uh, what's the kid's name from the Toy Story 1? Sid? Sid. Sid. Spud is the name of Sid's dog, and then Buster is the name of that, like, wiener dog that they get in the oh. movie. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. The, Toy Story did it first. The best <laughs> uh, TV dog name is... Uh, Porkchop. Wrong. What is it? It's featuring Ludacris. <laughs> Porkchop? Chop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, no. Pork Chop was uh, Doug, I think. Oh, yeah. Rocco's Modern Life was... Um... Oh, right. Fuck. What's the dog's... Oh, Spunky. Right. Mm. Spunky from Rocco. Okay, yeah. All great names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, featuring Ludacris. Ludicrous the hilarious. self-aware pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's good shit. Uh, so what's been going on? Probably just playing Apex, I'm assuming. Uh, we're talking to me. Just open, open question. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I got my booty kicked at Apex all night last night. Uh, already reached level hundred. Oh my god! Oh my god! (laughs) I'm like level twenty six or something. Oh my god! Well, we know you haven't been busy playing uh, video games. So, what's your excuse, Tom, for not seeing a particular movie? I've been working a lot. Spoilers for this show. (laughs) So. I got a grill at least. That's my excuse. At least both of you. The Oscars were last weekend, you know, so there was that whole thing. Waste of time, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but, I mean, we had to see what, the, you know, right. we could have been a real disaster. It, it was a disaster. <laughs> well, yeah, but not in the way I was hoping. <laughs> which which mic are you, Tom? Are you two? I'm, I'm, I'm number two. You're two? Okay, I'm going to turn you down a little bit. You spike oh, in For the there? listeners. <laughs> um... Uh, no other excuses i have been watching a little bit of tv but just like late at night not really time for a movie right yeah 90 minute movie that's available on netflix really tough to fit in (laughs) this guy's brutal we gotta pick uh less obscure movies to choose from more easily accessible yeah definitely oh and too much and i did watch a different uh, one other movie But I had it had to be a you know a group decision. I have other people in the household whose decisions have to come into Let's the hear process. Let's hear what it was. It was "Can You Ever Forgive Me?" Okay, because we're re- we're reviewing that. <laughs> <Today>. <laughs> that was like three months ago. Come on. Yeah, I didn't catch it that week. Yeah. See, that week I had some other things going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm I make no excuses. That. You know. Okay. It's fine. We'll get into it a bit more later. Great. Yeah, we got plenty more in store. I haven't even said what we're reviewing yet this episode. We're all caught up in the in the combo. <laughs> uh, we're going to be reviewing How to Train Your Dragon, Hidden World, as well as Paddleton, the new Netflix original. Oh, not all of us. Well, yes. <laughs> Travis saw both of those movies. Uh, we'll get into the rest of it later. But uh, we're going to do How to Train Your Dragon first. Anything you guys wanted to mention before we uh, tackle this first review here? Um, do we, Do you guys have any interesting stories to tell? Interesting? In the last two weeks? We, are we talking about the Oscars now or later? I guess we could... Yeah, let's just get that out of the way. Uh, okay. We should touch on the Oscars. Yeah. So... Uh, we did make picks on the last episode. We all uh, went through every category and we made a formal pick for what we thought would win. And we did watch them together, which was very special. Yes, we did. I will forever hold that moment near and dear to my heart. I just said it was a waste of time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Chelsea's dip was good. <laughs> that was dip, good, that yeah. dip was bomb, yeah. Yeah. Best um, part of the night. Yeah. She was? She made it all night? No, no. Best part of the night was Oh. The <laughs> she was up all night making that dip. Um, uh, the worst part of the night was the terrible stomach ache I had afterward from, from the just, dip? no, not <laughs> specifically, just not actually eating a real dinner and mm. only eating chips and salsa and chips and dip and, and drinking beer and, like and taquitos yeah, yeah. for like four hours. I think it was the orange that did it. 
Oh god, that orange was so good. I got more of them. <laughs> got more of them in the bowl over there. Some more? Oh yeah. Hey man, season doesn't last all year. You know you got to get it while they're hot. Those sumo oranges. Yeah. Okay. Shit. So uh, none of us fared well as far as our picks. Did go. we really try that hard though? Well, I, hard enough. I'll say I did not. I was shooting from the hip the whole time. Yeah, but I mean, what would trying hard look like? Not picking border for best makeup. Yeah. Not picking the favorite for for best picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there were twenty four awards that were given out, and Tom correctly guessed twelve. So mm-hmm. he did the best of. Them for Congrats, us. you win. Batting five hundred. Nothing. It's pretty good. <laughs> the Academy Awards are a crapshoot, so. Well, let's uh, let's talk about highlights. Uh, what was your favorite speech of the night? The best, well, the best moment besides Chelsea's dip was Olivia Coleman winning Best Actress. Her award speech was pretty was pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah. Most entertaining speech probably, and just probably the most deserving of the winners. Mm-hmm. Well, I did love Spike Lee's though. I mean, he was just reading off the thing, but he was clearly so excited. That yeah, that was pretty cool because he's usually a crouchy old guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like very nervous for him because he was having a hard time reading that speech. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, are we going to get through this whole thing? I couldn't believe that that was his first win ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, exactly. If you think about it, it's like how many movies and were they good? <laughs> he, well, yeah. I mean, he started off his career super hot, but then like. He hasn't really made anything super notable in a very long time. Probably not since like the early 90s. Plus the Oscars used to be so white. Used to be? Still. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but Black Panther did get a couple wins though, so uh, they covered their tracks. Oh my god. But they did give the big award of the night to fucking Green Book. I think all all of us were like, are you, like did that really just happen? Yeah. Like fucking Green Book. I, I was, was surprised by that. A movie that none of us have the seen. Least, no, I've so seen it. Least deserving, most generic. Yeah. It's usually what happens though, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what the Shape it, of Water won last year. Yeah. I mean, we didn't. that wasn't our favorite, but I mean, it's deserved. That was a really great movie. What did, what did you guys want last year? I think I wanted Blade Runner, but... Call Me By Your Name is what I Call Me By Your Name, right? See, Shape of Water had the feeling of like a safe movie even though i mean it's about a woman a mute woman fucking a fish like yeah but it feels like a like a hollywood production you know it's like Mm -hmm. set in the 50s or 60s or whatever like the the costuming and the set design it felt very hollywood but it feels like just a movie where it's like oh thank god i i have an excuse to not have to like choose (laughs) <laughs> uh uh call me by your name you know or uh, like something that's a little bit more edgy a little edgier having sex with a with a peach a fish is not edgy enough it's not as edgy as having sex with a peach while thinking about uh someone of your own sex it's pretty edgy <laughs> what the fish one yeah mm. both i guess a little <laughs> i don't know I don't really know if that's why they picked it, but it just felt like the wrong choice. If they weren't going to give it to Brokeback, they weren't going to give it to Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, Brokeback was 14 years ago, though. I mean, we've we've made progress. What, which, which movie won in place of that? 
fucking crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that everyone brings up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess if you look at like the parallels between that year and and this year, I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody who was actually into movies wanted Green Book to win. Mm-hmm. No. Well, and I'm pretty sure the year that Spike Lee was nominated for Do the Right Thing, that's the year that Driving, Driving Miss Daisy, Daisy won, which is so similar to to Green, Green Book. Book. It's yeah. like basically just gender reverse. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was the big upset of the night. Um, Rami Malek won for Best Actor. He's a weird fucking guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like his speech was was good. Like I was on edge listening to him give his speech, but he's. Mm-hmm. He makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. watching him talk. Yeah, I don't he's like going to be the new Bond villain. I uh, heard that he's rumored to be. Uh, he has that weird underbite, and he he has that weird way of speaking. Yeah, it's something about his, his cadence and the sound mm-hmm. of his voice. I just ugh. he's got some creepy looking eyes too. Well, yeah, I mean that's the f- <laughs> that goes without saying. <laughs> but his speech was probably my second favorite part of the night. Most yeah, no, he had a good speech. It's just interesting. Like, everything else was just like, oh, God, okay. Well, Lady Gaga was nice to see her win because she was clearly so yeah. excited to win. But yeah. most of the speeches were pretty fucking boring. Every time Green Book won, Peter Farrelly was such an insufferable douche. Like, they cut him off, and he threw this big fit, and he kept talking. And then when they won Best Picture, he was like, well, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I got cut short last time, so I'm going to make sure I get all my my thanks in. It's like, fuck you, Peter Farrelly. You know you don't deserve that award. <laughs> fuck you. Go back to your Beverly Hills mansion. And fuck Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> so overall, it was worth watching. I guess I always am at least mildly entertained by it, but pretty disappointed by who won. Except Quiron, I was happy that that Roma got as many yeah. awards as he yeah. Did. He and Guillermo had best their director. their nice moment on stage. Oh, because uh, Guillermo del Toro is the one who presented that award. Mm. Yeah, that was cool, seeing them embrace mm-hmm. each other. Now, this and- name I can pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> so, quick uh, question. Had uh, Roma not been a Netflix release, do you think it would have had a better chance of winning Best Picture? You think? I don't think that had any effect on it. Steven Spielberg's trying to make a case to yeah, get these Steven streamers out of here. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't think that they should be... He thinks Eligible? they should be stricter. Yeah. He's, he says they should have at least a four-week theatrical Oscar's run. so theatrical. Hmm. Yeah, he thinks the movie should be in theaters for at least four full weeks in, a, in like 250 theaters. It's 2019, bud. Yeah, like of course, <laughs> the, of course the guy who all of his movies are in fucking every multiplex in the world. Yes, yeah. Like that's a pretty high bar to set. Like yeah. there are going to be films that aren't even eligible because they didn't get put in enough theaters. Actually, you know I mean? another thing I want to bring up, since it's kind of Oscar related, um, I don't even think Johan could have been nominated for best score for Mandy because of their whole release schedule. Because they went like one or two nights in theaters, and then they did streaming. Oh, right, yeah. So I think they were disqualified, Okay, which is pretty fucked. But he still should have gotten a credit in the memoriam. Yeah. Like, they left him out. Nope, sorry, dude. You, you did Mandy. You're out. It's <laughs> weird, though. I mean, he was an Academy Award-nominated composer. Mm-hmm. He won, I thought, for Theory of Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he was nominated for Arrival, right? He had to I be. think he was, yeah. You guys did? Did you look it up afterward? 
why he wasn't included mm-hmm. in the thing. No, I, no. I didn't anyway. I'm I'm gonna write my think piece this weekend. Well, let me Google and make <laughs> sure that uh, you're not number 500 on the think piece list. So anyway, nothing nothing to really write home about. It was uh, not having a host was fine. If anything, it kind of made it go by quicker because you didn't have to have someone up there. Oh, uh, I will say it was awesome when Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph and uh, Tina Fey at the beginning kind of yes, opened the I show. Missed that. They, were, they were hilarious. Oh yeah, you did miss I that. Shut up a little late. Um, I also miss Chris Evans being a gentleman. Oh, I saw some gifts of that afterward. Yeah, he helped someone up to Regina the stage. King. Was yeah. it Regina King? She was like kind of tripping over a dress. A yeah, bit, and he like put his arm out. I saw people praising that, and then I also saw a backlash to the praise, saying like, "White people suck," and they're praising this like normal gesture that anyone should do. I'm just like, can't you just leave it alone? (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) there has to be like a positive and negative side. It is kind of weird that a bunch of people were like, "Oh, he's such a gentleman." Yeah, it should have just been like, "Can't it just be a guy?" Helping someone else up to the stage. Like, why do you have to make everything into a fucking political yeah. battle? Um, that's all I got for the Oscars. Anything else you guys want to mention from the show? Um, no, I don't think so. Tom, you look uh, deep in concentration over there. What are you looking up? Johan? Well, people ask, who was left out of Oscars in memoriam? But this was from 2018. Adam West, Glenn Campbell. Adam West wasn't on there? Harry Dean Stanton. What? Harry Dean Stanton? Stanton? I thought he was on there. like 200 movie credits. (laughs) (laughs) How is he not? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Okay, he was included. Okay, But the sentence is missing a period, so it was very confusing. (laughs) Gotta put that period in. At the end of the sentence. Oh, the real reason. <laughs> the real reason Johan Johansson's Mandy score is ineligible for an Oscar. This is what we need to get into. Okay, they don't have a, anything for 2019, but they are. A lot of people complain about Adam West not being in 2018. Is it because he was just a TV guy? I don't know. He was in. Batman the movie. Well, yeah, but I mean, it just seems odd that they wouldn't include him since he has such a big legacy. I feel like everyone knows who Adam West is. Right? Yeah, he's the voice he's of the uh, of Mermaid Man. Who? From SpongeBob? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, my God. That's Adam West. Well, anyway, the internet is ripe for your think piece. I can't wait to read Start it. Start it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for Oscar Stock. Until next year. Uh, let's go ahead and move into our first review. We're going to be taking on How to Train Your Dragon Hidden World. The Hidden World? The, the hidden, hidden World. Hidden World. All right, we have a clip. Let's listen. I know this handiwork. Grimmel the Grizzly. Famous back where I'm from. The smartest dragon hunter I ever met. Well, next to me, of course. Well, he can't be that smart. He left his trap unmanned. <laughs> Nothing's accidental when it comes to old Grimmel. He lives for the hunt, to get inside the mind of his prey, to control its every choice. It's all a game to him. Well, he doesn't know who he's playing with. Yeah, well, we've dealt with this kind before. Don't underestimate him, Hiccup. 
Mark my words, he'll be back. Okay, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. This is the third film in the DreamWorks franchise. Third and final? Uh, I don't know. You'll have to tell me. I didn't see it. Only uh, oh, right. you guys saw this movie. It felt final. Felt final? There was some finality to it? Mm-hmm. Never say... Never? <laughs> I guess it depends on how much money it makes, right? All right, let me uh, let me read the plot synopsis. Uh, when Hiccup discovers Toothless isn't the only Night Fury, he must seek the Hidden World, a secret dragon utopia, before a hired tyrant named Grimmel finds it first. Film stars Jay Baruchel, America Ferreira, Kate Blanchett, Gerard Butler, Jonah Hill, Kristen Wiig. There's lots of people in this movie. Did you say Kate Blanchett? Yeah. Does she play the mom? She plays Volca. Yeah. She's my favorite character, so. Because of Shape Blanchett? I didn't know that. Oh. <laughs> but it makes sense now. So, uh, I was a big fan of the first two. Uh, I didn't get the chance to see this one because of, uh, I don't know, medical emergency. I had asthma, so I didn't go. <laughs> but, uh, at least it wasn't diarrhea, right? Yeah, well, that was... Hey, at least I, could, I did get to see Alita <laughs> after that diarrhea bout. <laughs> um... So, I'll probably try and catch up with it, but for the purposes of this review, I will not be partaking, except to ask questions. Mm. So, uh, which one of you guys wants to go first? <clears throat> I guess start with, uh, you know, how much do you enjoy this film series? Like, were you a big fan of the first two? Did you think they were cute? Mm. Like Casual fan, thought they were cute. Super yeah. cute. Um, probably haven't seen any of them since the theater so first you know one watch each yeah it's been a while yeah um remember really liking the first one so an imax 3d was just blown away didn't have really any expectations you know Mm -hmm. it was just kind of going for the ride pretty sure that was when my friend worked at amc so got in for free awesome experience loved it second movie i remember being good as well just maybe a little step down from the first one uh this one kind of follows the same trajectory uh it's like on par i'd say with two it's a good conclusion to the story yeah i guess i mean they're kiddier than most other or a lot of other animated movies you know they feel like they're for children I don't know. Not from from what I remember. I mean, they are, but there's some like pretty intense moments with some of the dragons. I mean, Toothless is like it's cute as fuck. So maybe it's just because you have this like really cute kind of goofy dragon as the protagonist. I'm more and like your main character is named fucking Hiccup. Yeah, like, Hiccup, and he's such a fucking you know. You want you want baby. some mature Pixar type shit in your animation, right? Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more. It's very cutesy. Everything is very cutesy, you know, like you never really worried about anything. I wasn't very invested in this story. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I did like the end of it and I thought it was satisfying and touching and all that. But like the villain was pretty generic and kind of lame. He seemed cool at first. He seemed pretty cool. But then it didn't, didn't really do much with him. No, he didn't have it's like he didn't have enough screen time. Uh, yeah, he didn't do anything like menacing enough, like at the start, really. To no, he has a couple of intense movies or uh, moments, and he's got this uh, crossbow that he's pretty slick with. But um, 
I could have used a little bit more yeah. venom from him. <sighs> Me too. Also, um, the humor, I God didn't really work for me. No, I was gonna say the twins are so annoying yeah. in this movie. I remember them being annoying. Isn't and it? Isn't it Jonah Hill and uh, No? Jonah Hill's the like bigger kind of. He's kind of a douchey. The nerd that does the character. like the Dungeons and Dragons type cards. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he doesn't get. He has like no good jokes in this one. And they don't do any of his like nerding out. I mean, a little bit, I guess. They have a couple of moments, but he his whole character in this one is he's just kind of like cocky, but like he's not really actually good at what he's doing, but he acts like he is. Wait, are we thinking of the same one? <coughs> Jonah Hill's character. I'm thinking of the guy who, uh, or the one with the fake beard that no, he kept no, no, going no, back to. <laughs> no, who though? I'm thinking of the one who carries the baby dinosaur or the baby dragon with him the whole time oh that's a different character okay you're thinking of the guy for mince plus okay is that his name yeah okay so you're thinking of the dude who like acts tough but is a loser right okay (laughs) i didn't (laughs) i didn't realize that was jonah hill which it's kind of it's unfortunate because i feel like they're he was also annoying they're good characters but just the jokes written for them are like very like just like a lowbrow like, I don't know, like kid family type humor, which is fine, I guess, for this type of movie, but it wasn't really. They gave cringy. a ton of attention to the twins in this episode, and they are my least favorite in the I remember them in the being movies. annoying. Yes. She, the, the, the girl twin, though, was kind of funny. Like when she got captured. Yeah, I heard like, a couple of her jokes, and I had to run to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> so when I came back, it was done. But oh, okay. I thought the first couple were pretty funny, but the other guy is so annoying. Yeah, and they went back funny. to this one joke that was really bad. The beard one? Yes. Yeah. They went back to that like five times. Yeah. So annoying. <laughs> so I want to go back to the villain real quick. So from what I remember from the first two movies, the enemy is always someone who just wants to capture and kill all the dragons. Mm-hmm. Is that what this guy is yeah. too? He just wants to find where the dragons live and kill them? But he has a vendetta against the the breed that Toothless is. The Night Furies. Oh, the Night Fury? In yeah. particular. Did they kill his family or something? Uh, actually, he didn't really explain that. He just said that um, humans were the superior race. Oh, ugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I think the other ones they just want they want to capture the dragons and use them for their own ends, right? In in the first couple movies. Uh, in the second one, I think that's how it goes. Because in the first one, like, dragons and humans don't coexist. Right, okay. That's kind of what happens at the end of the first yeah. one. And then, yeah, somebody wants to, in the second one, come and, like, round up all of them and use them for, yeah, nefarious purposes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this guy just wanted to kill them all. Um, and he has, it's he like- has trained, dra- or dragons that are under his influence that he uses for his activities this movie is like planet of the apes meets jurassic world meets toy story (laughs) toy story 3 tell me more (laughs) toy story 3 okay yeah. Just because of like it, it gives a sense of finality to the characters yeah and just kind of where the story goes towards the end a bit yeah so, I think the strength of these movies is in the the design of the dragons and all the fun that they have with making them and all the different species and their weird behaviors. And you get a lot of that still. 
Like, there's tons of dragons in this. How does it look? How did you guys did you guys see it in like a premium format? I saw it at Dolby. Two D. You saw it in Dolby. Oh, nice. you splurged. Mm-hmm. How was it? Did you feel like you were flying? Uh, <laughs> n- not really. No. There were a couple of nice moments. Like there, there's the one where Toothless is flying in the uh, like really high in the clouds. Oh, that looked yeah. pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I thought it looked good, but not anything special. Didn't blow your mind by any means. No, it didn't no. feel like better looking than number two looked. There is a shot when they're like flying towards their little town that reminded me of the shot from Coco, but just yes. not as impressive. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's cute. <laughs> yeah, right. Good try. Um, there's also a scene related to the hidden world that was pretty cool. Kind of like a black light situation. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of unanswered questions also about the hidden world that <laughs> are hard to wrap your mind around. There is a spinoff like animated series, right? That's on Netflix or it's something? It's a Netflix show, yeah. I don't know who, what characters it follows. But, yeah. <laughs> DreamWorks does that with all. There's, like, there's Shrek shows. Yeah. There's Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Kung, Kung Fu Panda. I Madagascar. Think he has multiple shows. Kung yeah, Fu yeah, yeah. Panda. A million of them. How do you feel about uh, Jay Burchell being the voice for all three movies, even though the characters aged quite a bit? I'm so like... over it. I mean, I'm if over you could him. do the voice of him as a kid, I mean, if it, it makes just, more sense now, you would think. It's just weird that they hired him to do the voice and his voice has remained the same throughout, but the characters aged like quite a bit from yeah. the first to third one. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's just, um, he so perfectly encapsulates the character of hiccup. Like his voice with hiccup makes perfect sense. Yeah. And hiccup after three movies, I'm just like, get this fucking guy out of here. He's so boring. He's so vanilla. There's a reason why Jay Burchell is not a lead. Yeah. He's so uninteresting <laughs> in one movie in, he couldn't do it. Yeah, I thought the cast of characters <laughs> in this movie was just like pretty underwhelming, actually, compared to the other ones. Because in the second one, you get Mom, who's the, I don't remember what her term is, but she's super cool. She has that mask and she moves around all weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you get to see her do some of that stuff, but she's not new the way she was in the in the. You think we'll see one. that skin in Apex Legends? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I would, to- I would totally <laughs> yeah. buy that. Um,. But the the crew, the other friends, are poorly used. They're they just all have their one joke that their running joke that they're doing the whole movie, and none of them are good. Yeah, they're very one dimensional. Yeah, I remember there being like a pretty major death in the <clears throat> second movie. Am I misremembering that? Uh, no, you're right. There, I mean, I don't want to spoil in case no in, in case someone hasn't seen the second one, but. I'm, I'm that person. I thought I saw his name in the credits. Oh, flashback! Flashback! Flash okay, okay. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> I was just. I was like, I thought I remember that guy dying. But, okay. Yeah. I, that moment made me cry. Probably no surprise to you guys, but yeah. I remember it being a pretty emotional scene in the second one. I don't know. I don't think this this movie ever got its hooks into me the no. way the other ones did. Yeah, I would like to go rewatch the first two, but. I don't know if I will now that I just saw the third one and yeah, maybe just diminishing returns. Yeah, I even on. like the longer I have had time to think about the third one, I'm just like, ah, man, that was just uninspired. I don't know. I thought it was entertaining and it was 
It was, but even while I was watching, I was like, but yeah, it's really nothing special. And there's really not that many even like memorable moments. Like even the finale, like big action sequence type. I don't remember it. You know, that was kind of lackluster. The opening action sequence was pretty good though. I thought where they like infiltrate that castle type thing. Yeah. That was good. Gave me a, a Rise of the Planet of the Apes vibe a little bit. You know, it did. Yeah. <laughs> they had to like get in there without being seen, and you know, escape. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any stealth moment, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> cool. Anything else you guys want to mention before you give your uh, your star ratings? Well, I did have a question. I wanted to see if you noticed something that seemed. I think it might be spoilery or Easter eggy. Let's save it for our five second spoiler. Talk. Yeah, we can do like a real brief thing. Okay. Um, any any other general um, things you want to say? I will say that it was kind of weird that they uh, introduced a special ability in this movie. Yeah. It being the third movie. And then I feel like it wasn't really like utilized as much as it could have been. Does Toothless go Super Saiyan? No, not quite. Sort of. <laughs> he gets his ult and then, <laughs> but he he wastes it. Oh, sure. Well, you see, he is uh, in the presence of another Night Fury, who maybe has a few no, more it's moves. A light oh, Fury, a Light Fury. <laughs> Yours was way better. <laughs> Bright Fury, Light Fury. There's a joke. Yeah, I remember. I remember that from the trailers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is there some uh, some good like toothless shenanigans in this one? I remember from yeah. the trailers doing like a mating dance. It yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. There's a there's a long courtship aspect to this movie. Yeah, too long. Do they fuck? No. Off no. camera. Off camera. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I gave it three and a half, but I might bump it down to a three. Mm. I think three and a half is fair. I'm going to go three and a half. Yeah. I will say real quick. It has quick, no obvious flaws. I think I was a little harsh on Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, that movie is dope, dude. I could see myself going up maybe a half star one or one full star. Didn't you give it a two? Yeah. It's it's in the two to three star range, I'll say. I gave it a two, right? Yeah. I could see it going up to a 4.5. I think <laughs> Can't it's, wait for the 4K. That's I think crazy. it's a two. <laughs> I'm stick with it for now. Stand by it. Okay. Uh, what was the thing you guys wanted to mention about uh, the hidden world? So in the um, okay, couple questions. Number one, in the second movie, Toothless becomes like Alpha, right, of mm-hmm. this nest of dragons. Alpha dog, yeah, yeah. But this movie seems to imply that he's Alpha of every dragon everywhere. Yeah, I thought that's what it was. But that's not how they explain it in the second movie. You know, he goes to the nest where there's that big giant dragon. Yeah. And then he replaces that one as the alpha of the nest. And then they have other dragons in the third movie that are not necessarily from that nest that also treat him as the alpha. There was no alpha showdown, which could have been tight. But I think there's always been a recognition of him being like a special dragon. 
Because he is the last Night Fury, right? I mean, that other one is... I don't know how the dragon She's species work, Fury. but... Not the same. Okay. Second, the big giant alpha dragon in number two. Yeah. It had those big ass tusks, right? Yep. And one was broken off. Sure. I don't know. I, I don't remember. remember. I haven't <laughs> seen it since the theaters. Well, I saw one of those dragons in the background in a scene oh, in the shit. newest movie, and it had a broken off tusk. Oh. And I was like, what well, cameo, is actually. that? Yes. Was it like the prominent in the background? No. Well, I mean, like two <clears throat> seconds. In the but in the background, but sure. it's huge, so like you right, see it. you can see it pretty easily, huh? So anyway, maybe it might be worth egg. investigating if number two had a broken tusk, and then watching number three to see if that's the exact same dragon. If it is or, the same dragon, I mean, does that change anything? Yeah. Wait, what's it worth? Yeah. Didn't it, it die in the second movie? I don't think he killed it. I think he just defeated it. Oh. I don't remember the details though. It's it's been a while for me. I'm That movie came out what, like two thousand thirteen or something? The second one? Probably, yeah, and I think the first one came out in like twenty eleven or something. Yeah, yeah maybe like twenty ten. Okay, never mind. Not as interesting a thing as I thought then. <laughs> I thought it well, died. maybe it was just an Easter egg and it didn't really supposed to mean anything. <laughs> there for people like you tom yeah super fans yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice cool right. any other points on uh, how to train a dragon no Mm-mm. cool all right let's move on to our next review we're going to be talking about paddleton uh i will hopefully have a clip uh let's proceed all right listen how about this how about i'm going to make a statement and if it's a true statement then you don't have to correct me is what Michael has incurable? Yeah, that's a question. You gotta, it has to be a, right, statement, has to be a statement. statement and then the truth. All right, so my statement is what Michael has is incurable. That's it. So I'm thinking before it gets bad, I wanna end it. I don't wanna change things, you know? I wanna make some pizzas, I wanna play some Paddleton. They got a whole process that they give you these pills you can take, but I don't want to do it alone, and I was hoping you'd help me out. Okay, Paddleton is a new Netflix original film. It is directed by Alex Lehman, who I believe is a, this is his first feature film. Lehman? Lehman, L-E-H-M-A-N-N. Mm. Didn't he do Blue Jay? I think that's what I saw. Yes, yes. Okay, so he's. It's written by Alex Lehman and Mark Duplass. So I guess they're pairing they up Netflix again deal, eh? after Blue Jay. <laughs> uh, the film stars Mark Duplass and Ray Romano. It's really all that matters. Plot synopsis reads: An unlikely friendship between two misfit neighbors becomes an unexpectedly emotional journey when the younger man is diagnosed with terminal cancer. Hey, can we just uh, can we just name Mark Duplass as the king of dramedy here on Cinephiles Digest? King of dramedy? Yeah, I would say the king <laughs> of like Mumblecore? indie dramedy. Yeah, I mean he has his beginnings well, in mumblecore, like the low budget, like because you can do dramedy on like a bigger scale than this, right? But yeah, like a budget 
dramedy film. Oh, yeah. He's the best. It just has a better ring to it if we go king of dramedy. King of dramedy. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get too specific. Maybe uh, maybe Scorsese will do that as his uh, sequel to King of Comedy. Yeah, right? <laughs> get Mark Duplass in there. Francis yeah. McDormand. Francis McDormand? Sure. Mm-hmm. We'll After give, Three Billboards, we'll, the, the darkest... We'll give her a part. Yeah. <laughs> the most funny drama ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mark Duplass's work. Uh, he's made a ton of films that I admire a lot and, uh, I've really been, uh, enjoying stuff that Ray Romano has been doing lately. He was, yeah. uh, great in the big sick and, uh, he was pretty incredible in this movie. I thought he was, uh, fantastic. Mark Duplass was great too. He's always great. Yeah. He, he's a pretty subtle actor. You know, he's not the showiest guy, but he has a... I don't know. The way he delivers his dialogue and his interactions, he just comes across as like he's just being himself, you know? Yeah. Even when he's playing a character. Um, but yeah, essentially this is, uh, it's in the plot synopsis. So Mark Duplass's character is diagnosed with cancer. And uh, we can get into some of the specifics of that situation. The spoilers. But yeah, it's essentially the classic Duplass bromance, but with a very uh, dark kind of... Well, not dark. Maybe dark isn't the right word. Um, sad twist, I guess. Not twist in like, oh my god, I didn't see that coming away. But just like, it's a spin on the bromance that you haven't really seen. Well, and I will say that it is sad, but I feel like it's really only sad because of the situation and maybe like stuff towards the end. But we don't really like spend a lot of time dealing with like, sad moments no it's sprinkled throughout like there's moments where he'll be like vomiting and you he you know you see ray romano hearing him because they're uh mark duplass lives upstairs or ray romano lives upstairs ray romano i think ray upstairs. romano lives upstairs so like he'll hear they him like a duplex type thing yeah it's like an a apartment duplex? well it's an apartment complex but a duplex <laughs> duplex duplex um the duplex brothers <laughs> So you'll hear those little moments where you kind of see like how he's coping with with the, the cancer. But for so. the most part, a lot of that like harsh stuff that you would normally deal with in a movie like this is non-existent. Yeah, like it's not like um, like what is it? Still Alice is that her name, or is that the name of the movie? With uh, Julianne Moore, yeah. uh, Alzheimer's. You can't remember. <laughs> you love that joke. That's the second time you've made that joke. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Killer joke. Um, just you know, you like watch the downfall of her character in that, and it it's like gets worse and worse and sadder yeah. and sadder. Or like a more that Michael Haneke yeah. film. Yeah, this isn't about the degradation process. Hmm. It's more just about these two guys who are kind of loners, and I've seen like some criticism levied at this movie because i think it's unrealistic that they don't have it seems that they don't really have anyone else in their life other than each other like they spend all their time, all the time yeah i was that's what i was thinking too <laughs> like is it a little sad sure but they're just two guys who like you know live in the same apartment complex and they like each other so they spend all their time together dude there there's a lot of people in this world who live in a state by themselves who don't have any friends or like a lot of family either you know the family lives in a different state or like they just don't connect with them like i don't know i feel like that's a stupid criticism yeah yeah and the movie <laughs> i agree it's 
it's only 90 minutes so it's it's short it's to the point i don't know if i necessarily read it as they don't have any other friends it kind of came across that way but i kind of read or read into it more so that it was just the whole movie is about their relationship these two guys and how they choose to spend their final days together okay yeah i guess i could see like in that context if it's like oh well like he has this terrible like cancer or whatever like why don't don't we get any moments with his family or something like that but there's plenty of people out there who don't have family or you know yeah it's also a really funny movie too i was cracking up at a couple a couple lines particularly ray romano he says (laughs) some really funny shit i mean he's kind of playing the same kind of it's similar to his character in the big sick but a little bit more neurotic a little bit more like like fidgety you know he's very awkward yeah um very funny though lots of touching moments like sweet moments between the two of them um and then the call like how everything kind of culminates in the end um we don't need to get into specifics but I mean, he has a terminal illness, so you know where the movie is going. Like, from the beginning, within 10 minutes, you know what his diagnosis is. You know ultimately where it's going to go. But even knowing how how it was going to end in a, in a general sense, um, when the moment actually came, uh, I don't remember crying that hard in, oh, probably since Call Me By Your Name. And that was a different kind of, of cry. Yeah, the performance is like everything. If that if that scene was not nailed by these two actors, like the whole movie would have fallen apart. But they nail it. Like it's, I was sobbing. Like Haley was watching it with me, and she fell asleep, so she didn't see that part. But I was like tears streaming down my face. I was like sobbing audibly, trying to like choke back so I wouldn't wake her up. Like it was. They do a really good job in such a short time of building up this relationship between these two characters that like, hmm. when you finally have to say goodbye, I guess like. It was brutal. Wow. I did not cry. Matt said I have no soul. Yeah. And I told him that I'm saving my tears for Paddleton too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was a sad scene, and I thought they did sell it quite well. Um, but yeah, I just think it's kind of like a refreshing, unique story. You don't really see a lot of movies about like this type of relationship. And uh, yeah, I thought they just had a lot of like original like moments or just things in the script, like the whole sweatshirt thing, the halftime speech, um, the Paddleton game, like all of that like plays a big role into the story and their like relationship. And I could, I could see somebody viewing those details as like manipulative though. Like the shirt <clears throat> thing is this kind of running joke. And then what it ultimately ends up being, it's like, kind of sad you know like it serves a purpose so i could see you really don't know too much about these two guys so i didn't find it to be manipulative like i thought those moments were really cool but i could yeah. see someone like criticizing the film for the well few things we know about these guys there's a payoff with a lot of the running gags you know what i mean yeah i liked it a lot but yeah i mean i don't know i guess i just kind of like just took all of that for what it was just because it is kind of a, a different relationship. And then there's just like, there's a made up sport in this movie. So I don't know. I just kind of accepted everything for what it was. Yeah. Gotta I was, play Paddleton, man. That game looks pretty fun. A made up sport? 
Paddleton. It's just a game the two of them play. Does Paddleton? Oh, is that okay. an actual sport? No. I'm assuming they made it up. They say in the movie right? they made it up. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if this was like a weird dystopia or something. Well, <laughs> the thing that's really cool about Paddleton is it's like a team game. Mm. And you know how most like two people sports are one versus the other. It's like these two guys playing against themselves, I guess, or you know, playing against like a. It's not like a made-up team. It's just like the objective of the game is to do something else other than beat the person that they're playing with. Hmm. It's kind of like uh, a mix between racquetball and golf, I guess. There's like a, a like trash an oil can. barrel, like yeah, like a like what a hobo would have a fire in, you know, like those hmm. like steel totally barrels or whatever trash barrel. Yeah, they have it. There's just big. Like old uh, drive-in movie theater that's like abandoned. So they basically hit a tennis ball or whatever against the wall and try and get the ball to bounce into one of those barrels. Yeah, it's like so, a team sport. Yeah, just two people playing. That's what Paddleton is. So there's a lot of scenes of them. So they don't play Paddleton video games. Together. There's tons of that. They watch uh, <laughs> fists, the death death punch or something. Is that what the movie's called? They watch the same. They watch movie. like a martial arts movie like over and over. That's like their their hangout every night is like ordering pizza or or making pizza yeah making pizza and then and they watch this that movie like kung fu movie I, it, that uh, Tarantino must have been inspired by that movie probably because there's uh the the movie uh, the death punch you like hit like a pressure mm. point or something you hit them with a death punch and they take three steps and they die mm-hmm. I mean that's what Kill Bill is I mean that's mm-hmm. how she gets Bill you know. So they, that's that must be the inspiration. The movie for that. also also plays into the story a bit as well, like the themes of the movie. Okay, within a movie type thing. Yeah, I thought that was really really well done. They show yeah. a scene from that Death Punch movie that you hadn't seen before, and in context, like the moment they're in, it was it was pretty sad. Mm, yeah. It's really good. I like. I fucking love this movie. It sounds like you liked it too. I don't know. Yeah, no, I liked it quite a bit. I just I don't know. I really appreciate what mark t plus does in this like area of filmmaking or because just like i don't know movies around this budget are pretty generic or you know something we've seen a million times but he always finds ways to like pump new ideas into them even though it's kind of you know a similar type of story it his stuff always feels refreshing he's a really really talented writer like his movies are always funny Mm -hmm. they're always touching you know the characters are well written yeah it was pretty cool i had just watched blue jay a couple weeks ago i think i talked about it i don't know if an episode or two ago but um similar kind i mean blue jay is black and white but it's a similar like very small story two characters i think i like paddleton more than blue jay i know you like blue jay Um, a lot but yeah probably i mean it's definitely more entertaining like the blue jay it gets a little well maybe not I don't know. It's not as funny. Blue Jay's not very funny. Paddleton has like the the humor through line that makes it a little bit more digestible, I guess. Yeah. Not that Blue Jay is like hard to get into, but it's just a little, you don't have the laughs coming. You don't have Ray Romano with these fucking wisecracks. It's awkward. Like, (laughs) yeah, I did like his character. I'm an erotic old man. (laughs) Like when they go to like pick up the prescription or whatever. And then like, he should have waited for Frank. Let's wait for Frank or whatever the guy's name is. Or when he like can't pay for it, so he has Mark Duplass like charge it on his card, but then 
he says he actually paid for it because he's gonna pay him back. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Like, no, 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 I paid for it. He's like, well, no, you didn't actually pay for it. He's like, well, I'm gonna pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of stuff like that. Ray Romano. Do you think Ray Romano will be uh, nominated for this movie? I don't know. It's early in the year. It's Netflix. If Spielberg gets his way. <laughs> <laughs> Although, no, because the Oscars, you do have to be shown in theaters. I don't think Palatine got shown uh, anywhere. Yeah. You have to be at, at least a couple screens or something, right? Like, There are some rules. I think like, the rule is you have to play for a week in at least like one theater in the U.S. Like a week. You have to have a week-long run somewhere. Yeah. It's usually L.A. or New York. Yeah. But, okay. But I, I think... There's going to be some sort of showdown where it's going to be, are we going to make this less strict or more strict? Yeah. And Spielberg is uh, spearheading the... Uh, oh, but think less. Thing. Less strict? Mm-hmm. Well, that's where it should go, but Spielberg is arguing... Yeah, but he's an old fuddy-duddy. That he is, but he is Spielberg, so... So what? He doesn't fucking that's not what run the universe, thinks, though. He doesn't have the same clout he did... 15 years ago Mm-mm. or 20 years ago especially you know what i mean yeah like, uh, yeah i feel like if this if all he gets now is like commercials if the right people get as animated about. as he is about this i feel like the the netflixes will win who's gonna yeah who's gonna back him on it though like i feel like he's fighting a fight that yeah because scorsese's no gonna... making a netflix movie yeah netflix is coming uh, after everybody our own made a netflix the coen movie. brothers i'm sure del toro's all for it like how about we need QT and uh, PTA's opinion? Mm. I don't see Paul. I don't see PTA ever doing a Netflix film. No, Fincher did though. Fincher did that TV show. I don't movie. think PTA would care though if Netflix movies were nominated. No, yeah. What does he care? Yeah, and I, same with Tarantino. Nolan I mean, too. Nolan would probably. I could see Nolan and Spielberg being like, "Oh God, you know, <laughs> film preservation, <laughs> seventy millimeter bust." They they are onto something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anything else you want to say on Paddleton? Um, no, I don't think we really need to do like a no, because all we the only thing I would talk about is like the specifics of how they handle the climax of the film, and it's it's not necessary. Yeah, you should definitely watch this movie, Tom. All right, yeah, I think you would like it a lot. I think I like it too. Mark Duplass. When I see movies with people like him. I'm like, this is probably I good. Like I don't know if I want to watch it. <laughs> and then I watch it. I'm like, okay, that was really good. I'll tell people to watch it. But next time it comes up, I have the same problem all over again. I don't know so what it is. He's been so good movies. Like, I, at least, I can two, think of at least 10 great Mark Duplass like, movies. Oh, yeah, the one I love, the Creep movie. Oh, you said Creep 1 and yeah. 2. Um, Your Sister's Sister. Yeah, that love that him. movie. But I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, It's just the genre, you know? Like, I just have these expectations around what the movie's going to be. And it's going to be like small scale, charming. Okay. So you're going you know, in, not excited, but you come out on the loving internet. it. Yes, every time. Totally, it's not yeah. something like, oh man, I've been dying to see this one. Exactly. Yeah, you got to trust in the Duplass. I guess. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't done me wrong. Um, you still need to watch the overnight. Okay. Amazing. Okay, I remember. Does he this have is the one to do with that movie. Uh, I mean, it's Patrick Bryce. He, he worked with Mark Duplass, but I don't. I think... don't know, but um, it's in the same realm of his type of you know pictures. Yeah, yeah. A lot more awkward though. The Overnight is more awkward than any 
Duplass it's, Brothers production. It's so uncomfortable. It's so funny, though. It is. It's, pre- it's pretty good. <laughs> Creep is pretty uncomfortable in certain parts. Yeah, this is a different kind of uncomfortable, though. Like, yeah. You should watch it. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah, because it's Adam Scott, right? Adam and Scott, Jason, Jason Schwartzman, uh, Taylor Schilling, yeah. and I don't know the, the other actress's name. But... Is that um, Piper? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, star rating. Four and a half. I'm going five. What's uh? Where's that half star? What's uh? What's holding it back? Um, explosions. Didn't cry. No cars. Didn't cry. <laughs> Didn't cry. Oh, there, there is a car. It's fucking road, part of it's like a road trip movie. Didn't cry. Uh, yeah, I guess it's a. You little wouldn't bit give of a any movie, movie five stars if that no, was your metric. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, there doesn't have to be that thing that was missing. Well, I'm just kind of giving you shit, but... No, I know. I think if there was anything, even though it might have made it not as good of a movie, is, like, we didn't get enough of his illness, the stuff that I was talking about earlier. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of just, like, they presented it, and then these characters just hung out for a while and then there was like a finale to it all yeah it's like maybe he sleeps a little bit more you know or it's yeah. like oh he looks a little bit more uncomfy on the couch you know you don't really see like but i guess pain he goes i through. guess there is in in relation to all of what we've been talking about they do this movie does go a different route with the whole like trajectory of his illness you know, so it could, yeah, it'd be inten- intentional, at least partly. I'll say the half stars for the re- the reason why uh, Tom didn't watch it. It's just you know, it's one of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those lesser, just one of those things. Lower budget type, you know. I don't it's know. A lesser I could movie. I could easily give it a five, but it's you know, it's no, I feel maybe it. not one of my favorites or one I'd go back to again. I will say it was a little slow. A little slow. So you like it more than 50-50? It's definitely better than 50-50. Um, I haven't seen 50-50 in a while, but... I liked 50-50 the one time I saw it's it. probably better. Yeah, 50-50 is great. 50-50 is a four and a half movie. Mm. This mm-hmm. is a five-star movie, right? Okay. Both four and a half. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Didn't the 50-50 guy just do something recently? Oh, the night before, that Christmas movie. Didn't he do that? That was a while ago, wasn't it? A couple of years ago, yeah. Is that the guy who also did like the whackness and stuff too, or no? I think I don't know. I don't know. My internet sucks here, so <laughs> I can't do anything. Okay, well that's gonna do it for Paddleton. Uh, I think we would both say everyone should check it out. If you yeah, have Netflix, uh, you have access. So yeah. Netflix has been on fire. Fucking Roma, Paddleton. Okay. I watched that Alex Strangelove movie. That wasn't bad. So Jonathan Levine, director of Fifty Fifty. Snatched was Okay, Snatched was the one with uh, Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn, right? Yeah. Did you ever see Warm Bodies? That was actually pretty good. I didn't like that movie. That's I the did. zombie one, right? Oh, I liked it. Sucks. No, no, it didn't. It's like a two and a half star movie. No, it's so it wasn't. lame. Why was it lame? There were so many like cringy moments. Like I, I did not like the tone of that movie at all. Oh, it I liked was way it. too twee and just like. It is know. very twee. Why are you laughing at twee? Yeah. Just you saying twee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's very twee. <laughs> it I'm is. I don't remember when I don't remember when I watched it. I might have still been in the uh, 
the honeymoon period of my romance with Sarah. Because she was the one who wanted, who like introduced me to it. And I was yeah. like, oh, you have to see Warm Bodies. So I don't know. Maybe I was, um, maybe I was on a, a romantic high when I saw it. Perhaps. Yeah. I thought it was a fun little twist on the genre. No? No, I'm slame as hell. <laughs> 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 it's probably terrible on a rewatch. You find the weirdest movies to get upset about. Well, I'm not upset. I just I'm upset that you guys liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that movie since I saw it. <clears throat> um, okay, well, let's get into what else we've been watching. Um, I actually have quite a few things. Um, I can go first, I guess. Uh, I checked out some movies from a Scarecrow local video store. I got. Uh, fuck, now I'm blanking on what I... Oh, In the Mouth of Madness, uh, which is one of the few Carpenter films I haven't seen. So this was like the third in a trilogy. Like Carpenter considers The Thing, Prince of Darkness, and In the Mouth of Madness to be like a spiritual trilogy or whatever. Um, And the movie was good. I didn't love it. There's some pretty cool like kind of body creature horror stuff toward the end of the movie as like the movie is really escalating and shit's going down that stuff was pretty cool but it's kind of boring in the first half of it it's kind of a slog it's very 90s too yeah totally very. it's got uh, sam neill as like a like insurance claim <laughs> investigator <laughs> he's like an insurance claim investigator so he's like there's some Famous writer who's like even more famous than Stephen King, like all of his Secret Window. Self. What's his name? Sutter Kane. <laughs> it's a pretty sweet name. <laughs> Sutter. Instead of Sutter Stephen Kane. King. Sutter Kane. <laughs> uh, but he goes missing, so he's like supposed to find where he went, and it's this whole like psychological, like kind of demonic, weird shit that goes on. It was a good watch. It's definitely not one of my favorite Carpenter movies. Yeah. But. I was glad I to felt catch the up same way. That. I yeah. thought you would dig it though for like the whole like writer author aspect of it and the whole like twist and stuff towards the end and yeah, I don't know. I like the very not the very end, but there's like a scene where he's like watching himself in a movie. Like he goes to a movie theater to see In the Mouth of Madness, and he sees himself on the TV screen, and he's just like eating popcorn, like cackling, like this is crazy. He's going like losing his mind clearly. It's like some of that stuff was cool, but um, overall, definitely not one of the better one of the better Carpenter movies. Um, I also got Happy End, which is Michael Hanukkah's like most recent movie. Came out a couple years ago. Um, I think it's on Amazon, but I forgot that, and I saw it at the store, so I rented it. Again, a uh, big fan of the filmmaker, but this is not one of his better better movies. It's kind of hard to explain what the movie is. It's like kind of a satire of like our obsession with technology and it's pretty boring in the beginning. Yeah. It ultimately goes somewhere pretty fucked up that I thought was interesting, but it doesn't really have that same kind of punch that some of Hanukkah's other movies have. Um, performances were fine. I don't know. It's got the guy from Amor. Um, he was good in it. He's kind of one of the main characters. Uh, Isabel... There, she was in it again i gave it like it's like three or three and a half it was like i find him in, he's an interesting filmmaker to me this was just 
he's kind of explored this territory before in the past. And he Felt very really... generic for Hanukkah. Yeah, yeah. Usually, there's something about his movies that stand out. You know, either the the plot, the twist, or <clears throat> kind of felt like he was treading old territory yeah. for him. You know, like he was kind of going back to the well. Um, worth a watch if you like his work, but. And then uh, the real banger, the third movie I rented, Brokeback Mountain. Mm. I uh, thought I had seen the whole movie, but I think I only watched the first like 45 minutes or so because I didn't remember anything after they, they leave Brokeback, essentially. Like after they do the... They work for a summer on Brokeback. Mm-hmm. After that, there's still like two hours of movie. I didn't really remember any of it. And uh, mm-hmm. that movie is really good. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. The music... Like the score, like the guitar, um, kind of twangy country. I'd have to hear it again. It's quite good. Heath Ledger is amazing. Like it bummed me. I like I was bummed that he died because he was so good in The Dark Knight. But this just really made me realize, like God, his career was just starting. Like, yeah, he, he was not in that many movies, and it wasn't really until like brokeback mountain dark knight maybe one other movie towards the end of his life where you were like yeah this guy is gonna be something special yeah so it was kind of a bummer from that perspective to see that performance um i'm starting to realize especially after velvet buzzsaw that uh jake Jake gyllenhaal is not as good of an actor as i thought he was he's fine in this movie but he just he overacts i think it's fine uh, that guy just overacts. Like, it works in Nightcrawler just because of the character yeah. he's playing. But now, every time I see him in a movie, he's just trying way too hard. Yeah, too you know? much. So, there's a little bit was, of that. He's in good in, like, Prisoners and Zodiac. He's p- kind of hammy in uh, in Prisoners, though. Yeah. I it works for the character. Of, yeah, it plays into the character. Zodiac, though, I mean, he it's not, a very, it's not a very showy role. No. But he's good in it, you know. He doesn't overact yeah. in that one. Um. And then, yeah, Michelle Williams, there's some, like, kind of heartbreaking moments where she's kind of realizing what's going on between these two guys, and it's sad and heartbreaking. That was probably one of her early roles, right? Michelle Williams. some attention, I'm assuming? Yeah, awards attention, anyway, yeah. I don't think she had been acting for very long before that, because this is 2005, Isn't, I think. Um, Anne Hathaway, the other? She plays Jake Gyllenhaal's wife. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. What a cast, right? I know. Yeah. The ending, I don't know how I feel about the ending of the movie. It's kind of abrupt. I don't really remember the ending. He, like, visits uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's, like, home, like, his parents' home. Yeah. And, yeah, he had kept the jacket, like, Heath Ledger's jacket from Brokeback. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal's character still had it. So he sees it. He takes it home. And then there's some moment, some some triggering moment. And Heath Ledger's character is, like... Like, oh, God damn it, Jake, or something like that. He doesn't say Jake. That's not the character's mm-hmm. name. But he's like, oh, of course you do that. And the movie ends. Like, he's kind of reflecting on mm-hmm. on his, his life. But right. Give me chills just pretty- thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, really, really incredible <laughs> film. I can't believe that it didn't win Best Picture that year. Whoa. Everybody said it was going to win. Like, it won every other award that year besides Best Picture at the Oscars. Fucking crash. Fucking white people, right? Oscar so straight. <laughs> In 2008. <and> zero. <laughs> <laughs> right? What was that? Was it 2000 or 2001? What? That crash won and broke. No, that was 2005. It was. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
2005. 2000 was Gladiator, dog. Right, right, right. right. Woo! <laughs> Gladiator. <laughs> what a year. Hell <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, yeah. Just you know, go back. What is that, like top Reassess. five all time? Reassess. <laughs> well, we, we did do a bracket. How far did it saying. go? <laughs> it, it went far. Like top eight, probably. That's something, of you guys, something, something stupid like dude, that. Dude, that movie rules. I would have let it go. No way, dude. First round against Hurt Locker. That movie was awesome. <laughs> Fuck the Hurt Locker. Get out of here. <laughs> Hurt Locker rocks. Uh, Can't wait to rewatch so, that. Someone else can go. I have two things, so. Travis. Uh, actually, I don't have much. My movie. What's your excuse? Has Apex Legends, baby. <laughs> no excuse. He did see the movies that mattered. Yes. And that we were actually supposed to see yeah. for the show. So. so can't give him too much shit. Get fucked. <laughs> I place value on other things. Other than seeing the required Correct. viewings for this. Yeah, podcast. the movies that matter are all movies for me. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Hashtag all movies matter. <laughs> <laughs> You're just letting down our listeners, Tom. But, you know, that's okay. Well, they can write in and let us know. Okay. Cinephiles address at gmail.com. Let's let's uh get Tom's roast started. Okay. Sure. I will host. <laughs> um okay, so I will talk about what I've been watching and I'll start with uh Abducted in Plain Sight. Oh yeah. I did. I don't think I, don't I think talked about it. Oh, show. yeah. I heard a lot of people talking about this. Oh, you want to talk about it as well. Is it, is it Twu Quime? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the truest. Sewa loves Twu Quime. It's not like the best movie from no. like a movie like uh, perspective. It's but mind blowing, right? It's a generic documentary, but a ridiculous, like one-of-a-kind type of story i don't think i want to hear anything about the story no i won't i won't spoil any of that okay um but yeah so i I probably won't say much just because all the fun is in the is it in is it on netflix yes Yes. it's a netflix like original documentary yeah okay so you won't believe some of the shit that happens in it like as far as the filmmaking goes it's very generic it's mostly just talking heads or like reenactment type i actually like talking heads yeah yeah it's it's not bad or anything it's just they're a pretty good band. Yeah, especially that 77 Live album. Ooh, stop making sense. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. No, I, I I like that album. Yeah, it's amazing. It's just your, your, like... It's one of the best albums of all time. Yeah, I remember when yeah, you when discovered it. Yeah, when you said it. that, I think we both laughed so hard. <laughs> I, no. It's one of the greatest albums ever made. We were like, what? It is. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not. We weren't laughing because you're wrong. You just watched right. this movie once, and all of a sudden you were like, greatest piece of music ever, ever put on. <laughs> I've listened to it. That and uh, one oh tricks Point Never. <laughs> yeah, incredible. the best score of all time. <laughs> And then Mandy. Mandy's dethroned. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you've got a whole, you have a score fetish. But anyway. Yeah, abduction in plain sight. Um, <laughs> what do I say about it? Watch it. How yeah, many episodes it. is it? It's just, it's it's just a documentary. It's a, documentary. It's a, it's it's a like movie. Like an hour and a half. 40. Nice. Ooh. Um, but yeah, if you're into the whole true crime. Well, I think everybody's a little bit into it, yeah. but Sarah's like deep into that so it's it's it is true crime but this movie is fucked up but for a different 
reason. Multiple reasons. Like, you just can't believe how this could happen. Mm. Like, it's it's insane, the places this movie goes. Are you guys psyched for the serial TV show? I didn't even what? know about serial it. Serial TV show? Yeah, you remember Serial, the podcast yeah. that went crazy? Yeah. Yeah, they're making a show. Is it just the same thing, but it's like a, a true crime and I think there's going to be more. I imagine there will be more revealed about like where we're at now than. Oh, we're gonna. It's like bringing up past. Or are they revisiting that, or is that, that first case? New cases. The original, with. Uh, Ahmad. Ahmad, whatever. Uh, yeah. Anon. Yeah. Adnan. <laughs> Adnan. Right. Yeah. Adnan. I think so. Yes, with him and with the the girl. Sarah Koenig. So I didn't hear her or see her. She's not involved. <laughs> which I think is interesting. <laughs> not interesting. Because she's like pretty pivotal. Yeah. Anyways. Is there really that much new shit like to warrant? I don't know. No, they're definitely going to review the whole case. But they have like film of like in the teaser they have someone. I'm not sure who it is. I don't think it's Jay. It could be Jay. I'm I not sure. that fucker Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Sketchy, right? Oh, yeah um who's like saying you know like i wish i'd never talked to you guys in the first place and like stuff like it could mean nothing just like the whole original fucking serial podcast yeah, man. yeah but uh i don't know if they got more interviews with people or what i'm curious so you have to watch it right yeah picture these people is Come it on, on it can be on hulu or something or uh i guess if you guys haven't seen anything for it, it's probably on hulu <laughs> Or Prime or something? Probably Hulu. Okay. Interesting. Well, yeah. Abducted in Plain Sight. Don't really want to say anything about it, but people should definitely check it out because it's pretty bonkers. Mm -hmm. But I will say, though, once you see it, I got a killer meme for you. (laughs) Oh, man. It's like probably like top five top ten memes of all time all right so look this fucking guy over dude, here i know i'm it's hyperbolic. not that good. i know it's I'm not hyperbolic. that good. oh you've no, seen dude, it the way it was presented to me was amazing so maybe i'll get into that a little bit so my sister sends me and my brother this meme and i was i hadn't seen abducted in plain sight yet so i thought oh that's kind of funny i i kind of get the joke i guess based off the the last picture i just thought it was like you know I, I feel this like is it's gonna pretty be hard to get. Nothing mean, you, for the listeners. You know what the punchline is, I guess. But like, well, the thing is, I didn't know the punchline when I first saw the meme. So I was just trying to like view the meme without the context of this documentary. Yeah, and Mimi? I still think I got a joke out of that meme, just based off the picture at the end. I just like, you know, I just thought, oh, that's funny. He's got like his his hands open, and he's like kind of like making a gesture towards his. You know, sure. <laughs> so I, I thought it was like kind of funny, and then I start this documentary, and I was like, I see the dad. I'm like, that's the guy from that meme that Tiana sent me, and I didn't. I still didn't like put two and two together. I was like, oh, I maybe they just took the image from him because he's kind of a funny looking guy. And yeah, sure. Used it for the meme. Then the moment happens in the film, and I was like. God damn it. Now I understand that meme and I just lost my shit. <laughs> and every time I think about that meme, I just want to start laughing. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, I love me a good it. meme. Oh yeah. man. Let me know. <laughs> As you know. <laughs> there is a reveal in this in this documentary that will blow your socks off. <laughs> I hate socks. So this is perfect for me. <laughs> and you will the meme will just yes. 
great. Just yes. Make it sing. I am psyched. <laughs> psyched for this. Um, still my turn. It can be. Yeah. I saw. Isn't it romantic in the theater? Oh, with uh, Rebel Wilson. Yep. Isn't it romantic? Yep. Liked it a lot, actually. Oh shit. Gave it a four and a half. What? Yep. People are kind of shitting on that movie. I thought it was a pretty refreshing rom-com. It it falls like so the whole thing is is like it's making fun of rom-coms, but in actuality it just is another rom-com. Yeah. But I really like how Rebel Wilson was given her own movie and she was able to be the lead in it. Uh Adam Devine is the love interest, well the like best friend love interest type thing. He's pretty good in it. Um but yeah, I just thought it was fun, and I thought the ending was pretty cute. It had a n- nice little message. It was kind of obvious where the movie was going, but then the whole message was like a nice little surprise. Um, but yeah, it was just very enjoyable. It had a nice little music number to end it. Love when movies do that. Packed mm. into um. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a four and a half movie. Uh, it's probably like a four. Is it funny? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. So I'm. C- curious or confused probably a better <laughs> word is this like a sort of serious romantic movie or is it rebel wilson being rebel wilson and being hilarious it's that okay rebel wilson being rebel wilson Great. um but yeah i just like her as a lead like she's sarcastic and i like it when she's hilarious she's pretty funny in it i mean it's not like the funniest movie i've ever seen by any means but i don't know i enjoyed it quite a bit and for it being in the genre that it's in, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm probably overhyping it a bit, but I just really like that Rebel Wilson got her own rom-com. I think that's really cool. All right. Yeah. How'd you watch that one? In the theater. Okay. A-list. <laughs> A-list. <laughs> you can go. Um, uh, well, True Detective... Should we dive in a little bit? Let's do it. Season one? Yeah. Okay, so I'm on episode five. Five? And this is your first rewatch? First rewatch. So for those who have seen True Detective, there's a little bit of a false summit in the movie. A little bit of a... uh, In the show. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. There's a climax, but it's not the real climax. Yeah, yeah. And it's... um, pretty awesome as it is but so that's where i am right after that um what i've noticed so far about this show is that it's exactly as good as i remember it being which is fucking amazing yep and uh like no slow episodes every episode is amazing every episode is like thrilling and interesting and leaves you wanting more I feel like that has to be attributed to the performances. There are some episodes where there's really not much going on. Like, there will be, like, five-minute stretches where it's literally just Matthew McConaughey's character philosophizing. I love those I love them, too. They are the best. If he wasn't so good in that role, it wouldn't work. But you completely buy everything that guy says. Yeah. Rust. Rust Cole. Rust Cole. He, and, uh, Woody Harrelson's great too. Yeah, no, they're both great. Woody Harrelson carries a heavy load in that show, and he's awesome. Um, I will say though, on a rewatch, the only thing I didn't like as much 
And this is something that I had like read and heard on Twitter and all that kind of stuff afterwards is that it treats its women very poorly. Like none of the women are like, you think Michelle Monaghan's character is like the strong woman, but she ends up. So don't remind me because I don't remember what she does, but I I do remember there's a little bit of complexity there. Yes. But then it's kind of, uh, it kind of undercuts what they did with her character yes. by her actions. And it's just, it's clearly a show written by... And even the, and, the uh, yeah, girl, Daddario, <laughs> like oh, she... Oof. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> her character is also like annoying in certain ways. Like she, she doesn't just seem like someone who's... I don't know. I don't know. Actually, they could. They treated her pretty well. Like she's about her independence, and she she's like Marty. You're ridiculous. They take her too far, though. At they, first, you they think, do. Oh, Mar- Marty's the crazy one. He's the asshole. But then she ends up like trying to ruin his marriage, basically. Which, sure, he might have deserved it, but she ends up being a very unsympathetic character because she. You think she's not like a psycho. And then ultimately, they kind of portray her as one. Like a little bit. She says to him on the phone, and like, yeah, she loses her temper <laughs> in a way that kind of um, undercuts her a little bit. You know, like I can understand, like I can understand a character who uh, confesses an affair to the spouse, but she like loses her shit in the courthouse you know, in front of all these people. And she has that scene in the elevator where she makes herself look like a fool. Right. And, um, you know, that kind of sucks. I'm dying to make a early 2000s crude Apatow joke right now. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, rewatching the first thing I noticed about the show, the intro with that dope song, T-Bone Burnett, uh, a lot of naked ladies in that intro. Yeah. That was the very first thing I noticed. More I was like, wow, this is way... <laughs> no. I don't recall the like opening credits of... Trinity yeah, Detective well, you remember one. it was cool, right? Yeah, it kind of r- reminded me of True Detective. Do you remember the intro? Oh, sorry, Detective? I thought you said intro True Detective. Or True Blood, sorry. True Blood. Oh, I never saw that. Okay. Well, it has that amazing music, and I remember loving the intro to True Detective. I remember never skipping it, right? It was too good to skip. That's like the only time I can say that. Like in the <laughs> streaming era, like that's the only Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things. But Stranger Things is short. It's really short. Um, but it's like got at least three asses in just like the fade in and out pictures that they have yeah like the strip like stripper like ass on on like you know bent over high heels oh on the high heels with the studs on the back yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. very sexualized so some things that are maybe problematic but the actual narrative of the show is still fucking spot on yeah it's amazing pretty great way better than season two you saw season two right uh, like half of it before yeah, I dropped me off. Too. Yeah, I couldn't do it. It's a turd. Yeah, and then season three. There are people out there who say it's a masterpiece, though. A masterpiece? Really? <laughs> yes. Did I talk about fuck? season three yet? Uh, I don't I think, think you talked so. A little bit about it. Maybe like an episode or two. But... It ends so poorly. Oh yeah. Don't watch it. 
Don't even just don't watch it. Shit, but Mahershala. Yeah, he's fine. How were the actually his accents Sonya really annoying. directed episodes? I think he did the first two. First two, I think. Yeah. I also heard he left the show for like creative differences or something. Like I don't think he liked working with the writer Pazolato or whatever. Pa- the Nick Pizzolato or yeah, whatever. Okay. He sounds like a douchebag. Yeah, he does. Um, I think the we first know, two were probably some of the best. What? I think the first two were probably some of the best. First two episodes? Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's still hope. It ends with a whimper. <laughs> Shit. Season one does not end with a whimper. No. I mean, you haven't got that far, but you have have seen it once. Yes. Pretty crazy. Yes. I'm psyched. <laughs> um, well, that's a bummer. Yeah. So I have one other thing, but I have to go to the bathroom. So you guys... Uh, carry it for a little bit okay uh i still have a couple things how much you got travis i will probably talk about one show and one more movie okay um so i'll I'll knock a couple out uh i watched a be kind rewind that was actually another one that i got from the video store that is a michelle gondry film circa 2008 i think sounds about right it was the movie that he put out after eternal sunshine the spotless mind and it's uh jack black most deaf danny glover um vhs like video rental store in new jersey and uh i was this was like assigned as a film to watch in one of my film classes when i was in college but i just like missed the screening or i don't really remember the specifics what was, what was the significance for watching it in film class or you know like why would they show it it was, I think, the class. It was uh, like nostalgia examining. <laughs> well, no, it was examining um, story, like how films use the medium of of cinema to tell stories, and we that one was assigned because it's so referential because okay. they're literally like remaking other movies yeah. in this movie. At least that's what I remember. Again, I didn't actually see it, but. Um, I enjoyed it. It it was not... I didn't like it as much as you would think, just based on the concept. Because basically, like, it's pretty wacky. Like, Jack Black gets struck by lightning and he gets magnetized, so he goes into the video shop and he wipes all of the VHS <laughs> tapes. So then they... Killer premise. Yeah. That's the, how the movie starts. So then they decide that they're going to start, like, a... They call it sweeting. Like, yeah, sweeted. They basically make bootleg versions of the movies but they do some really cool stuff especially as they get better at it like the best part of the movie is there's like a it's one shot and it's basically like a dolly shot where it moves from scene to scene and it just shows like transitions into other movies they're making and it does some really cool stuff with the camera work yeah but it wasn't as funny as you'd think it would be like i would i laughed out loud maybe twice while i was watching it Performances are good, but they're not, you know. Yeah. You you don't watch the movie for the performances. It's not it has those like Michel Gondry like touches that are kind of fantastical, but not enough, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't know. I think I rated it like a three and a half or a four or something like that. I, I enjoyed it and it's a really it's a cooler concept than it is like an, an executed execution? film. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Well, yeah, I think that was – I like that movie a lot, but I think the first time I watched it, I was, like, slightly disappointed by it just because I thought the premise was so great, and I feel like it didn't maybe deliver 
on like the level I wanted it to. But when I rewatched it, I had a lot of fun with it. And I just really like just like the whole idea of it and like how it's like it, it plays into like the love of movies quite a bit. Like the aging video store and like and community too. Yeah. Like, and like the whole like DIY, like homemade. Like I'm a sucker for any time there's like recreations of film in films. Yeah. Like, totally. um, me and her on the dying girl is a good example of that. I think that's a better example. Yes. <laughs> it's a little bit more, uh, important to the plot. I yeah. guess. I mean, that is the whole plot of be kind rewind, but I guess there's more. It's impact. a more, yeah. Significance in yeah. me and Earl, but yeah, just them recreating ghostbusters and stuff. It's just, it's really funny. Like, just, just the idea of it, I just think They, they do some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and also, like, the, uh, the artistic liberties that Jack Black likes to take. Like, he'll throw in lines that weren't in the original <laughs> movie. And he's, he's kind of like a, a diva on, on set, you know what I mean? Yeah. That stuff is kind of funny. Um, so I watched that. I have, I think, two movies and a TV show to talk about. Okay. I will go again. Um, I rewatched Rush. Any of you seen that? Ron Howard? Yeah, I saw Formula it. One racing movie. Yeah? No? Never seen it. You like it, Tom? Uh, I liked it more than I thought I was going to. Okay. Is it better than Premium Rush? Never seen that it. That movie is dope. Never seen it. That's the one with... <laughs> That's the bike messenger movie Joseph with uh, Joe Levin. Michael Shannon as the villain. As the villain, yep. <laughs> Sounds good. That movie is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You've actually seen it? Yeah. And it's actually good? Yeah. I've heard mixed things It's a it. good time. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, Rush is, uh, I like it quite a bit. It, I feel like if you like sports movies and especially like... It's a sports movie. Yeah, it's definitely a sports movie. Is it a biopic? Is it like a real uh, racer or is it made up? Yeah, no, it's based yeah. on real characters, yeah, but I are. heard the like story takes its liberties to make it like a more well, sure. grossing story. Yeah, it's fucking Formula One racing. How good could yeah. it be? Um, uh, it was the, that was all the rage back in the 70s, man. The 70s? Is that when this uh, takes place? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I like I like it quite a bit. It's very flashy and like uh, kind of showy in a way. Yeah. Almost maybe too much, but I don't know, I kind of But that's what you're watching it for, right? It. Yeah. Like it's very like colorized and like just like the way the races are done are like done pretty like So it's like realistic speed racer. Um, no, it's not that colory. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just like the, the rivalry between the two. I like the performances of the two leads. And the movie kind of tries to put you on one side of the, you know, characters, but then you kind of like feel for them both. And it's, it's kind of both of their story. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like that. Yeah. Who plays, uh, it's that Daniel Brule. Kid who plays the German in, I think his name's Daniel. In Glorious Bastards, right? Yeah, the one yeah, who uh, was in the Sniper Tower and tries to seduce that French girl. Oh, that guy. Yeah. When you said Daniel Gruel, I thought you were talking the about Gruel. Bruel. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about John C. Reilly. I thought it was Steve. John C. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, oh, I didn't know John C. Riley was in that movie. <laughs> No, Chris Hemsworth is James lonely. Hunt, Just go to sleep, buddy. Daniel Bruhl is <laughs> Nikki Lauda. Okay, yeah, Nikki Lauda. And they also, yeah, they just have like two different ideologies that obviously clash. Like uh, Nikki Lauda is like the like 
Yeah, one of them is cool and one of them is not cool. Right. And one of them's like super disciplined about racing and it's almost like a science and like a job. It's not even like for the fun. And then James Hunt, he's just like the total playboy who like just goes in like, oh, you know, like doesn't really prepare. He's just like naturally talented. and um, So he's like Lightning McQueen. And then the other guy is like Army Hammer's car. Yeah. In Cars 3. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but yeah, I just like the whole dynamic of them too. And it's just a, a slick movie. Cool. I was so confused because you said James Hunt. And I was like, I thought that the lead actor was Chris Hemsworth. He plays James Hunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I also watched Disconnect movie is hot dog garbage you know what i'm talking about yeah isn't that the movie that uh host of another podcast we like he was all about that movie a couple years ago i don't know wasn't it you know who who i'm talking about no jay no i don't wasn't that on no that was disorder i think okay never mind disconnect is the like the like crash type movie that's like all based around technology it's kind of like Men, Women, and Children, that movie that... Oh, that uh, movie sucked, too. This one's even worse. <laughs> when did it come out? 2012. Oh, who's in it? Uh, it's got a banging cast. It's got Jason Bateman. Well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Andrew Riseborough yeah. from Mandy. Uh, Paula Patton. <laughs> yeah, wow. What a what a star-studded cast. It's, yeah, it's banging. <laughs> But uh, it's pretty bad. It's just way over the top and like way too serious and just like like basically everyone is like fucked over or like impacted negatively by technology. And the whole plot or like theme is like the whole disconnect of people like being detached from reality because we're so like yeah. But it just does it like on such a surface level, and it it focuses on like multiple different stories so it's just like i don't know it's really bad though like <laughs> why did you watch it um i thought you were question. trying to cut out the, the garbage this year it's a great question um <laughs> i don't know i saw it streaming somewhere and i um just thought i'd give it a try <laughs> <laughs> it's time yeah. to let the old ways die Travis. steer clear it is <laughs> god awful Okay, well, I uh, wasn't planning on watching it, but now I <laughs> for sure won't. <laughs> uh, right. One last thing I can talk about is American Vandal, season one. Oh, yeah. Still have the finale to go, though. Okay. But Did you ever watch that, Tom? No. It has been recommended to me. It is a lot of fun, especially if you're into true crime. <laughs> <laughs> because it just riffs on that the entire time. In okay. really smart ways, too. Yeah. Just like the way it's constructed. It's a parody of true crime documentaries, yeah. basically. Right. But it's really smart. Like, one of the best moments is when they're, like, dissecting text messages exchanged by someone. And they, like, focus on this hey with two Ys. <laughs> so they, like, try and read into hey with two Ys. So they're, like, you know, examining and examining. And like, yeah, but... I keep coming back to this hay with two eyes. <laughs> they have like. There's got to be more to it. 
like all the clues are on like a board, you know, they have everything. And then the one that gets like, I don't know. I just keep coming back to this text message. Just hey with two eyes. Stuff like that. It's just so stupid, but so smart and funny. The main, um, uh, like the main character, the one who's being accused is really funny too. Okay. Like, I think you really like it a lot though. Okay. Awesome. Are you gonna like roll right into season two when you're done with it? Or Probably. Yeah. It? Yeah. Chelsea seems to be digging it quite a bit. It's fun though. It's short. It's. You watch season two, right? Yeah, I watched all of it. Yeah. Season Very one better. Um, they're both really good. I think I like season one a little bit more just because of that kid and see, like that guy is just oh, so he's, funny. He's not in me. season two at all. No. Uh-uh. Is the same crew do? Two it's the no? same two guys, like the main oh, okay. the main kids, but they go to a different school. They basically like get famous, like American Vandal blows up, so then they basically are like freelancers. So another school hires mm. them to investigate. Yeah, uh, even in even in season one, it's kind of meta where like the show's catching on before the actual real season of the show is over, and then like. The American Vandal show plays a role within the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of gets into some. It gets deeper than you think it would, just as far as like the implications of like, at what cost do you do all of this? You know, because like people's lives are affected by this documentary they're doing. You know, so it kind of gets in the implications of like, is it worth it when the subjects of your documentary are have their, have their lives altered forever? in pursuit of the truth you mm-hmm. know like it kind of gets into some muddy waters which you wouldn't expect from a show about who the dick bandit is but <laughs> yeah well and just like a, a young kid being like a cutthroat style detective like we'll do whatever it takes to get the story yeah yeah it's pretty funny that is hilarious good stuff, yeah good shit <laughs> i like the premise you should watch it um i think i had two things left uh i watched a documentary, I think it's on Amazon, called Generation Wealth. It's basically about... Oh, yeah. uh, I remember did you hearing watch about it? that one. It's the same uh, filmmaker who did The Queen of Versailles. I did see that. Which, mm. That was that was good. You yeah. know, it was entertaining. So she, uh, the filmmaker, she spent basically her whole career uh, documenting uh, like very wealthy circles, like some of the richest people in the world. Like she's just been surrounded. Like she's been fascinated by like wealth. So this is kind of about like disproportionate wealth and how it affects people. There's, it's never enough. But she also is a subject in her own film. Like she kind of looks at her own life and applies this thesis of like what does wealth do to you? Like how does it warp our worldview? And it's just kind of messy. Like it's not that interesting. Like, we know that people who have a lot of money do a lot of fucked up things. The disparity between the richest and the poorest is fucked up. Like, it's not really doing anything particularly interesting. It's kind of sobering to watch some of the stuff. There is one person in particular that she interviews that is, like, super interesting. He was, like, a hedge fund manager or something. And he ended up getting, like, run out of the country. And then he got, like... uh What's the word when you go to a different country? Extra- he got extradited back to the U.S. from he got caught in Brazil or something like that. And this guy is just so interesting to listen to, like the stories he has and his perspective. Outside of that, it's not a very interesting movie. It's kind of scattershot. It's too long. It's like two hours. Um, Did she interview any of the uh, fire festival people or no? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, just. 
a little bit too scattered. Like, I really wish she would have kind of fine-tuned her vision for it, because she's kind of all over the place. It bounces back and forth with, like, her topics. So, and... how does she play a role into it? She... Well, she, she shows, like, footage of her family. How how was her sitch? She... she well off? Well... Documentary filmmaker? I highly No, she's... They're Mid- like a middle class? class family. But the what reason... State? What state are we talking? Not Washington, right? <laughs> it's, Not Seattle. They live in LA. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, she's probably doing pretty good then. She's <laughs> middle class in LA, right? The reason why <laughs> she looks at her own situation is because part of her like thesis is that people just become so driven by something that it completely cripples their life. So for her, it's her work. But she sees other people who become so obsessed with money that all they think about is money. So she basically looks at like her own family life and how her obsession with her work has had a negative impact on her oh, kids. So That's she, kind of why okay. she looks so at her So she own connects life. their obsession for wealth to her obsession for like art or filmmaking. Yeah. Any That's crazy like, cat ladies in this? No crazy cat what ladies. What is the name of this director? <laughs> Lorian something. Lauren something. I'd have to look it up, but it's not worth watching. It's really not that interesting. I mean, sounds like she shouldn't have included herself. It just didn't really. <laughs> it really didn't add too much. Like she has, she's trying to juggle too many things. I wish she would have really just gone into like, because when she gets into like how excessive people's lifestyles can be, like that stuff is always like entertaining, infuriating enlightening you know just like seeing how some of these people live their lives the entire like queen of versailles yeah that was a much better movie for it because they also there's also a rise and fall aspect of it too you know and that it's just entertaining seeing someone's lifestyle like that but then watching them like how excessive they are and how they don't even realize it and then you actually like kind of start to feel bad for them but then you like take a step back and you're like but no, I shouldn't feel bad yeah, for yeah. you. <laughs> See, that's why that movie is a lot more interesting than yeah. this one. The subjects in the movie just aren't. Like, she's in it, the Queen of Versailles. Oh, but yeah. she, they, like a little bit, she interviews her for like two minutes or something. So you is know? it kind of just like sporadic as far as like how many stories she touches on? It or? jumps all over the place in time. It jumps all over the place in topic. It's, yeah. Mm. No, I wouldn't recommend it. I gave it like a two and a half or something. Okay. Um, and then the only other thing I was going to bring up is that I am currently obsessed with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, I binged the entire first season and probably like seven or eight episodes of the second season in about a week. My favorite scene that I've seen so far. The Backstreet I'm, Boys one? No, I'm still in season one. Oh, are you watching it? Not really. But we watched like, <laughs> we, we watched it for a little bit. We watched like five or six episodes and then. You just didn't catch her? No, we liked it. We just. I don't know. Moved on. Just went back to Bob's Burgers, I guess. New episode <laughs> came on or something. Uh, but my favorite is still in episode one, the cameo from Fred Armisen. Oh, right. they knock on his door. <laughs> yeah. He That's has another name? cameo later, too. Malepnos? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty funny. That show is great. Michael Schur. From is, the start? Yeah. I think I've seen like maybe a episode or a half of an episode well you're the one who sent me that backstreet boys clip i think you sent it to the both of us i did yeah where it's like a line and he the woman who got assaulted the guy was singing i want it that way so he makes the people in the line sing it 
I think you're the one who sent that clip to us. Do I'm you not, not know what I'm talking I'm about? I'm not ringing a bell. I don't remember seeing this clip. That had to be you. Was it my brother? No. He just watched it. Or he started watching it. I Maybe think. he sent it, but he sent it to both of us. I swear it was you, though. You don't, don't remember know. this? No. Andy Samberg like, makes them all sing in turn, and he gets <laughs> so into it. And he was like, ooh, at the end, he's like, ooh, I got chills. <laughs> And she was like, he's the one who assaulted me or something. He was like, oh, yeah, I forgot oh, about that part. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, haven't, I don't know what season that's from. I haven't seen that in the show. But um, When you do, though, it's going to sing. I watched that clip again, though. <laughs> it's a really funny show. But what I was going to say is Michael Schur is like the king of TV comedy. Like hmm. The Good Place... Brooklyn Nine Nine, Parks and Recreation, The Office. Which guy is that? He's the, like the co-creator of all those shows. Oh, so he's not a character in the show. No, but he is a character in The Office. He plays Mose, Dwight's brother. <laughs> oh, Mose. oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's him. So he wasn't a creator of The Office, but he was like one of the main producers and writers. But he's a co-creator of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Solely created The Good Place. Mm. Co-created Parks and Rec. Moses is a good cat. Now. All of those shows are incredible. Yeah, that Michael Schur. Wow, that dude knows TV. Cat name Mose. It's a good one. Well, that's the Nick Morrissey's nickname, like the Morrissey. Uh, nickname is Mose. It's already taken, bro. Damn. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Uh, I had one last thing. Let's Can you ever it. forgive me? Oh right! No, yeah. I cannot ever forgive you for yeah, not seeing. Home. It's a three and a half star movie. Uh, <laughs> the performances are good. Melissa McCarthy's really good. Uh, Richard E. Grant is really good. Should have won Best Supporting Actor, eh? Probably should have won Best Supporting Actor. Having uh, not seen over him. Sam Elliott, um, probably not. Yeah, he had more screen time. That's why I would give him the edge. Yeah, Sam Elliott is barely in a Star Wars, but he killed it. He did, but <laughs> yeah. like just by virtue well, of being. A fucking Sam Elliott. Not to derail your uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me talk. No, I'm uh, done. That was it. That's all there is to say about the movie. What's his face? Uh, the guy in History of Violence. He's famously known. Edward Norton? No. Vigo. Uh, no, he's, it's the brother. It's... um. Oh, History of Violence. I was thinking American History X. Vigo. No, it's... I think his last name is... Ed Harris? Hunt? William? No. Who am I thinking of? Hurt. William Hurt. Oh, that name? guy. What about him? He's in History of Violence. He's Vigo's brother. Mm. And he's like known for being nominated for an Oscar but having like the least amount of screen time. Oh, okay. He's at least like number one or number two as far as screen time length equals nomination. It's like nine minutes of screen time. John Hurt? William Hurt? John Hurt. I think maybe there's both of those are people. (laughs) The guy who's in, I think he's in Mr. Brooks. That Isn't help? that Dennis Quaid? <laughs> it's William Hurt. William, William Hurt. Hurt with a bullet. Is He's... that is it Dennis Quaid or is it Kevin Costner? Who's Kevin in Costner's it? in it. That movie sucks. I have not seen it. Oh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he he was nominated for an Oscar for having like nine minutes of screen time. So damn, he, he cracked the formula. He knows how to do it. So you can't use that argument, Tom. Oh, I love this guy in the village. He's in the village too. Hmm. <laughs> For eight minutes. Did you feel wasn't uh, nominated? Do you felt underwhelmed though by Can You Forgive Me? Right? Expecting something more or like I f- think it's solid. It just I don't know. It just there was like no like I think the end really. was like, really missing something. Maybe if maybe if I didn't see a trailer it might have played better, but the part yeah, it's where, all in the trailer. The part where she talks about being a coward. You know? She has some good moments. I know, but like it, there could have been more. 
Yeah. It could have been uh, an elevated. It could have been more intense. Yeah. Uh, some people really love that movie, but I think I gave it three and a half. What did you I, give, like three and a half or I a four think or something? three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. I mean, it's a classic three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice movie. Yeah. It has some worthwhile things to say. It has good characters. Yeah, it's but, about as good of a three and a half movie as you're gonna. Find. Yeah, but are you yeah. gonna rewatch it ever in your entire no, life? No. no, no way. No, really. Yeah, there's nothing. No. Why would? Why nothing would? Nothing else to get out of it. Not a thing. <laughs> Not a single thing. I mean, she her perform their performances are great, but not they're not like rewatchable. They're not stirring it's performances. Not, yeah, it's not Joaquin and Philip Seymour Hoffman and the Master. Like. No. Yeah. So yeah, was that it for you? Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it for me, I believe. Um, that'll do it for this week. Next episode, we got, some, we got some bangers coming up. Captain yeah. Captain Marvel. Marvel. Oh. Have you have you guys seen all this backlash, the Rotten Tomato stuff? Uh-uh. No. So uh, people were review bombing. Okay, let me rephrase that. Not people. Uh, white males were review bombing Captain Marvel because Brie Larson on like a press tour or something said this movie isn't for like white men or something like that. Or, this movie um. isn't, this movie isn't for you or something. So now like a, a superhero nerds are like offended that like, they can't believe she would say that. So they're intentionally review bombing the movie before it's released. So rotten. So Tomatoes, these aren't even critics. No, just like user score. Like kind of what happened with last oh, Jedi. Okay. People just like shitting on it. But the movie's not even out yet. Yeah. So Ron Tomatoes just made a change. They're not going to allow users to rate movies until the movie is actually out. Nice. So there was all this outcry from people being super upset that they can't shit on a movie that they haven't even fucking seen. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot fucking believe what this world is coming to. But fucking superhero nerds out there are upset that there's another. It's the internet. You you had Wonder Woman. Why do you need to have more? It's the hidden world, right? (laughs) It's fucked up. But I'm pretty hyped on it. That's crazy. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited. And then, uh, this won't be next episode, but episode after that, us. March 22nd, Huge. I think, is when that comes out. Huge. So, yeah. Wait, what, what one? Us comes out March oh, 22nd. Yeah. So, that won't be in the next episode, but it will be the one after. But, yeah, Captain Marvel. There's... Maybe we should have a uh, Cinephiles Digest outing to see us. That would be cool. I would love to do that. Something we've never done before. No, we've done that before, but it's, it's rare. It's rare. We just did it last time with Alita. A <laughs> couple times, as I said. Wait, did we, we all saw Alita together, right? Yeah, we yeah. saw Halloween together. And Annihilation. Annihilation. Yep. And we have to see John Wick 3 together. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We have to. I need, to <laughs> oh, yeah. I need some high fives. We're going to be there opening <laughs> night, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. Did you see these three guys in front of you high five like nine times during the movie? <laughs> Oh yeah, it's gonna be huge. Uh, okay, well, that's gonna do it. There's the horse. He's on the horse. High five, dude! I'm gonna lose my fucking mind when that horse scene happens. <laughs> I'm gonna be cackling. So we're we're all seeing Captain Marvel, right? At, oh, I'll, I'm at for the sure. Very least, yeah, I'll see it. Okay. There, I, I don't want to look at else? the release date. Well, there might be something else. I don't. I'd have to look, but only commit to what you're willing to watch. Okay, new rule. <laughs> wow, this guy. Captain Marvel for sure. I am intrigued. I don't know if it's playing here, but uh, I'm hearing really good things about Apollo 11. Oh, it that is, documentary. It is playing here. I just 
I know it's at least playing at the Northgate Regal, but I don't know about AMC theaters AMC, okay. quite yet. How about uh, The Kid starring Ethan Hawke and Dane DeHaan? What? There you go, your two boys. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Hawke is in another movie called like Stockholm that's coming out later this year. I'm definitely seeing Arctic this week before it leaves theaters. Are you? Yeah, I'm not. How about Triple Frontier starring Ben Affleck and Oscar that's a ne- Isaac? That's a Netflix movie, yeah. I think that's Gavin O'Connor who directed it. Is that it looks like a Black Hawk Down type movie. I'd be down to watch that. It's easy what about to... Captive State with John Goodman? Ooh, oh. yeah, from your boy uh, Rupert yeah. Brent or whatever the fuck. Rupert. The... Oh, yeah, it's the guy from uh, <laughs> Rise, Rise of the, the Planet, Planet of the Apes. Apes, yeah. It's like a sci-fi, like action thriller kind of alien looking thing kind of a war of the worlds vibe i kind of get from it yeah it looks neat oh uh by the way i did talk to jay over the weekend because i went to his baby shower oh yes listeners jay a uh not a frequent guest but he's been on a couple times yeah he's Uh, the resident sci-fi guy yes he's having a baby soon and he would like to be on the show at some point and i told him just let us know he's always welcome Cool. Yeah. Love I said maybe uh, High Life, maybe Ad Astra. Those are pretty far off. Maybe though. Captive State. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Captive State. That's a sci fi movie. Well, Jay, if you're listening, shoot him the invite. He's I'll not going to uh, listen. You got to text him. <laughs> 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 yeah, let him know. Yes. So, yeah, at least Captain Marvel, probably something else. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll talk off air and. Uh, hammer that shit out but uh want to thank everybody for listening to us uh really appreciate it if you can like us on itunes helps our visibility follow our social media accounts send us an email we're gonna try and get on spotify right matt yeah i think they recently were hosted on soundcloud and previously it was really annoying to try and get your podcast on spotify if you're SoundCloud because soundcloud and spotify are like competitors uh so they didn't make it easy but it sounds like that has changed so uh if you would prefer to listen to us on spotify we should hopefully be there soon i have to look into it more what the process is but until then wherever you're listening to us now continue to do so and uh we really appreciate it we will be back in a couple weeks bye bye see ya Cheers.